Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Finish Womb with Maui Markov. Um, so, today's episode, we're skipping forward a little bit to 1997, one of the most controversial years in wrestling. We're skipping forward to when Maui worked for the WWF at the time. And, uh, but we, before we go into detail on that, let me introduce my partner, my co-host, the man... Maui Morkov! Hi everybody, how you doing? Hi Maui, how you been doing since our last uh, podcast? Well, I've been a little bit sick. Uh, I haven't been feeling the greatest, but I'm here and I'm happy to be here. So, let's get it on. Okay Maui, so uh, tell us a little bit how you, where, where you were in 1997. Well, in 1997, I was uh, I was working for the WWF at the time. Um, so I was on creative. I was one of the agents a little bit, uh, and, and it was a stressful time. It was actually just before I was let go from WWF for the first time, um, and so yeah, this was the fatal year, 1997. And uh, it was actually one of my favorite years, aside from this pay-per-view. Aside from this one, um, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty good year. Well, okay, so uh, this is an interesting uh, pay-per-view, actually. It's one that is not acknowledged by the WWE, now WWE. It's not on the network. Um, it is, the, in fact, the secret pay-per-view... Um, between In Your House, uh, First Blood, and uh, WWE's Survivor Series, the famous school job Survivor Series with Bret Hart and, uh, and Shawn Michaels. But for some reason, this pay-per-view has been deleted from the records. Why do you think that is, Maui? Well, um, uh, to put it lightly, it's because it's, it's a big piece of shit. I mean, my God, it's a really bad show, and it it also kind of has some revisionist history in it. Like they've they've changed a few things, and and I don't think they 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 don't want it. So yeah, I, but to, the that's that's my belief. But I know that there is also some licensing problems because there was kind of a deal with the the. the with uh, the, some of the channels that we released it on, so I think that's probably the uh, one of the reasons. But it's it's also a pretty shitty pay per view. Uh, that it is. So this is WWE uh, live in your parents' house. Uh, that's what it was called, and uh, this took place on October nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven, in the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. Now. Um, there was a little bit, uh, part of the thing of it not appearing on the records, if you actually look at the records, it says that there was a, a house show taking place at the Wichita, Kansas Coliseum. Now, um, that uh, was the originally planned venue, and it was just going to be a house show kind of live event type thing, right? 
Yeah, that that's right. Um, it was that's that was the original idea. That was the original location, but they kind of they had this offer from the TV studio and uh, to do uh, another pay per view. So soon after the success of the last, yeah, and so they they decided to sneak one in. It it wasn't it didn't wasn't going to cost us as much because the TV channel um, KPP TV was going to. Uh, bankroll some of it so it really wasn't much of a letdown for us we we just kind of paid for it outright and then then did we made we made quite a lot of money off it but um yeah so what what do you, what exactly are you asking what what are you getting at well what i want you to tell the story moe is uh i want you to tell us what what happened with some of the whistles Okay, so, um, shit. Well, because the original venue was Wichita, Kansas, uh, Coliseum, and we changed it to the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, um, some of the, the wrestlers, and in fact some of the crew, kind of didn't really know that we switched the venues and maybe a couple of them i'll explain exactly who uh later they showed up to wichita kansas coliseum and got on the phone with us and was like hey where the fuck are you guys and we're like where the fuck are you guys you're supposed to be here and like we're fucking at the venue and which fucking venue we're in kansas which fuck what do you mean you're not in fucking kansas we're in fucking kansas we're at the fucking Wichita Coliseum. And we're like, oh, shit. So, yeah, that's really what happened. <clears throat> and uh, I tell you, it was, <laughs> it was pretty fucking funny. Uh, afterwards, at the time, it was stressful as hell. But, uh, yeah. Well, okay, so the the pay-per-view starts and they welcome us to, to the uh, pay-per-view. Now, uh, Jim Cornette actually comes out and... And starts a promo segment because a promo, um, it I gotta admit it's it kind of kills the crowd a little bit. It's not really successful and it seems to go on for quite a while. So tell us about this promo. Well, yeah, uh, originally the original idea was for Brett and Sean to come. Uh, sorry, for 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 Hunter to come out with Sean, and they were going to cut a, a kind of a you know one of their attitude era style promos however they were not fucking there that night as previously said some of the talent did not make it to the arena and they were two of them and that will become even more clear later so at the time jim Cornette was on this thing where he was coming out and he was giving these promos about real wrestlers and real blah 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 blah, blah. anyway uh, and he, yeah, this promo sucked, that's, that's really, it was the shits, I mean, it killed, it was not what the crowd was there for, and it killed them dead, could you, uh, could you give us a, a little taste of the promo, you want me to do my, my Jim Cornette, yo, yes, please, oh, fuck, well, goddamn, uh, <clears throat> Bruno Sammartino has sold out the garden. Uh, 
Every night, goddammit. Every night, Bruma sound turn real fucking wrestler. Goddamn. Who the fucking, he could wrestle a fucking cheeseburger and sell out the garden. Goddammit, none of these fucking wrestlers, they know shit. Fucking attitude here. Goddamn bullshit. Does that make you happy? Yes, Bowie. Even though my fucking impression is just Bruce Pritchard's impression of Jim Cornette and me doing an impression of Bruce doing an impression. Well, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I really don't think the, the listeners care either. So, uh, yeah, the, the this killed the crowd. I mean, it was it was long and it it really killed the crowd. But uh, and then next was the Patriot, and he defeated the Sultan with the Iron Sheik. Um, so this this match kicks off. The Patriot comes out to a pretty good uh, applause in in Missouri, and uh, he starts a back and forth with the Sultan, who kind of gets a uh, uh, an early lead, puts him in a headlock for uh, a while, um, throws him back and forth, and uh, the Patriot knocks him down. The Patriot slam and uh, and and gets a pin. But what was kind of unique about this uh, was. The uh, Sultan was with the Iron Sheik, and uh, it was a little more mic'd up than normal. And the Iron Sheik was uh, by the wing, yelling and screaming, and, and you know the the Iron Sheik's normal way. And uh, he actually had to be bleeped, uh, bleeped on live TV. Uh, how, how about what 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 can you tell us about this? Oh shit, yeah, um, Sheiky baby. I mean Sheiky sweetheart. Fuck your ass! I kill you! I I kill you! He got, he he will defeat you! You fucking gay lord! You fuck! I fuck your ass! I fuck your ass! Yeah, I mean, my God, some of the th- chic baby. He knows I love him, but I, I don't know where the, we told him before he went out. Like we told him that she. You're on mic. Like, we can hear you from the ring mics. There are mics below the ring to, to catch the, the noise of the bumps, if you don't know. And then there's a, a mic that's also up above to catch the audience noise. And, and we could hear every fucking word of the Iron Sheik that night. And we just had to bleep him loud from the truck. I mean, I, there was a guy there literally just with his finger tapping the fucking button. Like, beep, 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 beep. It's like... Ta- like tapping Morse code. The only thing I can really think of is that the Iron Sheik was trying to get uh, some kind of secret spy message over to uh, to Iran, and that he was doing it by swearing, knowing that we would have to bleep it, and that that was fucking Morse code. That's the only thing that I can think of. So it was. You go from a promo that was boring and dull as hell, and 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 totally just sucked the wind out of everybody to a, a pretty mediocre match that if you wanted to watch all six minutes of it you had to put up with beep 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 the whole fucking way through it was not uh it was not a good start and i gotta say that jim Cornette's promo there's been rumors that jim Cornette's promo at the beginning of this fucking pay-per-view killed off about Five percent of the audience that never came back. After the second match, we were down by twenty-five percent of the audience that just never fucking came back to the show. But 
it was a pay-per-view and they had already paid for it, so fuck it. We got the money, who gives a shit? Fuck those marks. Is that really how you feel? No, it's not how I feel, but that's, you know, that's the attitude. Okay, so uh, after that, that was the WWF uh, Tag Team Champions, the Legion of Doom versus uh, Eight Ball and Skull, who were the Disciples of Apocalypse, Juan and Don Harris, versus uh, Henry and Phineas Godwin. Uh, tell us about uh, what was going on at the time with these guys. Well, this was during... This was during the everybody's gotta have a gang, god damn it, pal, uh, phase, and there was gang, roving gangs all over the WWF, and, and, I mean, most of them fucking sucked. <sighs> the Legion of Doom were, you know, the Legion of Doom were never as good in the WWF as they were outside. They just kind of missed it, in my opinion, on... But they were doing pretty well here and then the tag champs beating everybody's ass. A ball and skull, the disciples of Pocus, Ron Don Harris, um Somebody asked me recently if I had seen their tattoos. Now I had seen their tattoos. I did ask them about their fucking tattoos. I said I believe my words were what the fuck is that bullshit on your arm? And if I remember correctly, they said something along the lines of, Oh no, 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 brother, this ain't, this ain't Nazi. This is because we love Subway sandwiches or some bullshit. I don't fucking know. But, um, they were never great wrestlers. No, and, and the disciples of apocalypse were the shits. <laughs> they were the shits. I mean, come on. Henry and Phoenix Godwin, they never... The Godwins, the matches weren't that great, but they were not entertaining fellas. And they were fun to hang out with. You know, the Godwins were great fun uh, backstage, great guys. Uh, yeah, so... So whatever. This match, however, again... Before they went out... So Hawk and Animal went out and, and, and started doing their thing and then the Harris brothers looked at me and they said, You know, we haven't gone through this match. What are you what what's the finish? And I said, What the fuck do you mean what's the finish? The finish is the the Legion of Doom L O D goes over. And they were like, how? And then their music hit, and they walked out. And the Godwins looked at me like, wait, we thought we were going over. And I'm like, oh, shit. So as you can tell by this match, you got three tag teams, which is never... I've never really liked multi-tag team matches. I don't really think they work. Anyway, so you have three tag team matches, uh, three tag teams in the ring. Nobody has a fucking clue what they're supposed to do. And that's why for 90% of this 15-12-minute match, whatever, they're just kind of fucking looking at each other, not having any idea what the hell... I tell you what, they all got a night off, because I don't think a single fucking one of them took a bump until the end. But, yeah. Yup. Uh, that's why uh, there was one bump in this match, and it was white at the end. 
and it was all over. So uh, that was the end of that tag team champions uh, match. Uh, Legion of Doom victorious again. They live to fight another day. At least it, it picked the crowd up a little bit. Yeah, that that is true. The crowd was a little bit more uh, excited because by this time they had spent 90% of the show so far in the bar and were wasted as hell. And uh, in fact, to be honest, I believe at some point after this match, before the next match, uh, during the commercials, um, there was a fight that broke out and uh in the stands and to be honest i believe that got more of a crowd reaction than any shit so far so there we go okay and the next match was the for the wwf uh intercontinental championship it was owen hart the the champion uh and he defeated dude love now um the special guest referee for this match was gold dust um there was no marlena here uh but what's notable to say is that the Kemper Arena in Kansas was actually uh, that well, that was actually the arena that Owen Hart had his tragic accident in. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't. I was not there. I was not with the WWF for that that incident. Um, Owen was a great guy, and everybody fucking loved Owen, and I think everybody knows that by now. Uh, I mean, he he. He'd rib you till the sun goes down and then back up till it comes back up again. But, uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, this wasn't that pay-per-view, but, um, yeah. It was that arena. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Owen defeated Dude Love um, in a pretty good match, you know. Uh, it was a pretty good match, but this is also kind of sad because... Uh, Goldust is the special guest referee, and um, why was he kind of inserted into this match? Well, after the death of uh, the tragic death of Brian Pillman, uh, the last pay per view, Goldust had nothing really to do. If you remember, he was uh, in a feud with Brian Pillman over Molina, and the original idea was to have uh, Goldust and Molina kind of get re pledge their vows or, or some shit. But after the death of Brian Pillman, Goldust was kind of on the loose. So, as was the kind of the, the theme around this time, they just had let Goldust dress and do whatever the fuck he liked. So in this match, he is dressed like Molina. He's wearing a wig and a thong. Oh my god, and, and uh, who came up with this idea? Yeah, this was this was mine and Goldie's. <laughs> I, I said, hey, Marlena couldn't make it to the show anyway, and, uh, because, uh, I don't know, some family shit or, or some personal thing or whatever, I, I don't really remember. And I said, hey, well, if Marlena's not going to be here, why don't you just go out in her gear? And he was like, that's a great idea. What I did not foresee is that, as a special guest referee, he, every single time he bent over to do the count, you saw right up that fat man's golden ass creek, ass crack, and yeah, nuggets. <laughs> That's all we saw is nuggets. The whole the whole match, like the match was a good match. It was a really good match. Owen Hart do love great match, but uh, yeah, every single time they went for a count, there it is. It's right up Goldust's ass. 
<laughs> yep, that's true. Um, next on the card was Ahmed Johnson versus Boakas. This was a, a longer match than expected. Uh, so why, why were you putting these two together? Well, they were two big motherfuckers. You know, Ahmed uh, could go for a big guy, even though he was maybe a little bit more enthusiastic than he should have been about going. Barakas, we were just kind of trying him out, you know, just trying to get this big, big guy to... to, to uh, we're trying to put him in with a bit of a, uh, another big guy and get, get a little bit more out. Um, it was a really long match. I, I do not know. I think we, we may have booked this match a little bit longer, giving it some more time because... The uh, because the the tag match went a little short from my memory because nobody had any fucking idea what they were supposed to be doing. So yeah, that's really the only explanation I can give you. Uh, the match went on for twenty minutes. It was uh, uh, what's commonly known as a hoss match, I believe, and the two the two big guys they they lock up uh, a lot in this match. And Ahmed just kind of, he just kind of wants the whoops at one point. Just running the whoops back and forth in front of Boracus. And then he stops and uh, and then they they lock up again. It was a, a bit strange. Yeah, Ahmed is a weird cat. Um, and to be honest, I, I did hear a rumor that he kind of hit his head coming out of the, the ramp. I did not see that. But it, the boys told me in the back afterwards that he had kind of hit his head. He was kind of accident-prone. Ahmed was kind of an accident-prone dude. Um, and I was told that he had hit his head coming out to the ring. And so I don't know whether he had a concussion or what. Well, he was acting a bit strange. And I have no idea what he thought running the ropes for two minutes straight was going to achieve in this match. But... You know what? I'm amazed that he had the cardio considering he no blows up just getting to the fucking ring. And then we have the main event. So, okay. Um, tell us a little bit about the venue change and, and how that impacted this part of the show because this is really the part that it impacts the most. Okay, so the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri... They had just done, uh, in 1997, they had just done an extension. So they went from, I don't know, like 17,000 to 19,000 seats or something. Um, and we thought, hey, shit, we can be the big, the first big people to go in there and maybe fill it up. So we, we did a shit ton of promotion. Uh, we pumped it up, we, we went in there, Kansas City, Missouri was a big town for us, we went in there, and, uh, and we, we did pretty well, um, but, but of course, as I said in the beginning of the show, Kansas City, and Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, the state, kind of mixed up, and considering they were the, the same places, uh, you know, one was booked before the other. So the what we were told is that Jim Neidhart was the guy that had for some reason spoken to Brett 
Triple H and Sean all at the same time as they were planning a match and said, hey, um, by the way, uh, the venue's changed. It's in Kansas. And Triple H, Brett, and Sean all went, we fucking know it's in Kansas, dumbass. And he went, all right. Anyway, so they show up to Wichita, Kansas, pretty fucking pissed. Now, that we thought it would be, we had advertised that a, a hawk was going to be in this main event. So shit, we already had Owen in, uh, uh, in the Connor match, but we were like, shit, let's put Jim in this. So Jim Neidhart is in this match. It is, in fact, Jim Neidhart versus, and now this is another thing. Most people think that the, the Raw the next day, you got Jeff Jarrett returns to the WWE after he comes from w, it makes his stunning return from uh, WCW. Now, most people think that the Raw after is this show on the, uh, what is it? The Raw on the 20th of October. Yeah, is his return, but it's not. It's actually at this pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I, I did not realize that. I never knew that until I saw this pay-per-view in preparation for the show. I, uh, I always thought it was the war. Yeah, well, he, he was backstage just to chat with us, to be honest. And, um, and we were like, hey, shit, Jeff, you want to go wrestle? And he was like, okay. Now, what he didn't fucking know is that Vince... Thought it would be a music. I mean, well, actually, no. I take that back. Vince did not think it would be a music. Vince just thought it was a perfectly reasonable idea to play uh, with my baby tonight as Jeff's theme tune. And how did uh, what did Jeff think about this? Jeff fucking hated it. I mean, Jeff fucking hated it. He hated that song. It pissed him off. He it, the whole reason he left the WWF in the first place was because he thought that was a bullshit angle. So he was pretty fucking unhappy. But it was too late by then. He was always out of the, already out of the curtain. And this is this main event is the reason why his promo on Raw the next day is where he's like, "This is bullshit. Uh, you can shove." Uh, with my baby tonight up your ass and blah, 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 because that's the promo that he gave when he got back uh, through the curtain at the end of this match. That's that's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, so that's really what happened now. Uh, and the third person in this match was uh, Mark Merrill. Yeah, uh, so from what I believe... Uh, Sable was, Sable was, uh, accompanying Mark Mower. This is also Mark Mower, one of Mark Mower's, uh, recently returned after an injury, and, uh, he was now doing his boxing gimmick, and, uh, Sable's with him, but she had, in fact, just had, uh, surgery, is that correct? Yeah, so if you noticed, uh, the way she's walking in this, in this pay-per-view, yeah, she's she's walking kind of strangely. She's sort of kind of like like a crab sort of coming down the ramp. Yeah, so she had gone into surgery to have one of her gimmicks. Uh, 
I don't know whether it was enlarged, decreased, tweaked. I, I don't fucking know. One of her, um, you know, her gimmicks uh, played with or whatever. But there was some complications. So they couldn't do both gimmicks that day and they had to sew back up. Now, for whatever fucking reason, we just, we just let her go out on TV anyway. But we were like, hey, one is a lot bigger than the other, so maybe just, you know, keep the big one to the camera. So she she spends the whole night walking fucking sideways so the camera can only pick up one side of her body. It's the strangest thing I think I've ever seen on a wrestling broadcast. And that's saying a fucking lot, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's really strange, it's, it's, the one, of the, it's very odd, it's very odd, uh, so the match goes about, uh, 30 minutes, and, uh, Jim Nyhart is, uh, kicking Jeff Jowett's ass, Mark Mello is kicking Jeff Jowett's ass, Jeff Jowett is Occasionally catching fire, but I notice there's not a whole lot of wrestling in this match. Yeah, well, Mark Marrow is not a, the skilled, most skilled person between the ropes. And uh, Jim Neidhart was doing his best to, you know, which is great for Jim Neidhart, but Jeff Jarrett could not hold everything together by himself. So... Not only did the crowd have to sit through that Jim Cornette promo, not only did they sit through and she blaspheming and beeping his way through that match, not only did they have to put up with the fucking LOD, Disciples of Apocalypse, and the Godwins not having a goddamn clue what they were doing out there, not only did they have to stare at Goldust's Golden Nuggets, and not only did they have to put up with a fucking long-ass... Ahmed Barakas Hoss match for 20 fucking minutes and Ahmed running between the ropes like a concussed individual but also they had to put up with this main event it was the show was bullshit but let me tell you this we fucking sold that sucker out there were people (laughs) no there weren't we sold out that arena for the first time that it had ever been that size. Now, there was Wuma and Indiendo. Uh, <laughs> Wuma and Innuendo, as uh, some other wrestling podcasts would say, that uh, there was a little bit of uh, fixing when it came to the numbers for this pay-per-view. Well, okay, so... <laughs> the Kemper arena in Kansas City, Missouri had an extension on it. The extension was actually a cattle-leg auction house, right? So, and it's it's connected to the main building. It's it's just part of it because it's it's Missouri. So, when we counted the individuals attending the arena, Technically, we also counted the bovine individuals attending in attendance. 
because uh, and the way we put it was that the 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 cows, the cattle, were technically uh, attending in attendance at the arena in the same way that we count the the parking valets and the popcorn sellers and the 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 program people, whatever. In the same way we count them, we we also may have counted the the beef element. No fucking way did you count the cows as part of the audience. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Holy shit. Well, it's a shame that this is not on the WWE Network. No, it is fucking not. This is a terrible goddamn show. It's a, I, I, no, I, I think it's a shame just for her historical record. You know, you've got... You've got uh, 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 the return of Jeff Jowett. You've got Jim Neidhart in probably one of his biggest performances of all time. You've got uh, Mark Mauer back from injury. You've got Goldust. Um, uh, a great match from Owen Hart and Duke Love. Yeah, yeah, that was a good match. I will say that. Uh, so, and the sellout, it's amazing to me that the WWE don't publish this more because they love to give away records. Who gives a fuck that they sold out the Kemper Arena in 1997? I guess that's true. But I think it also adds to the legend of, of the, uh, the school job because it's, you know, around that time. Uh, we'll probably never talk about school job because... Because you were fired just after this pay-per-view, right? Yep, that's goddamn right. Um, I was, ha- having been part of the creative for the three-way tag match for the Ahmed, Johnson, and Barakas match and was trying to throw together the main event, they were not too happy with me, but it may also have been the fact that uh, the day, the night after this, before Raw, I maybe went on a little bit of a bender, and uh, something happened with me, and one of the uh, popular wrestlers who was on the show, but I'm not going to talk about that right now, maybe in another show. Well, that's one hell of a teaser, maybe, maybe we'll talk about that another time. But thank you very much, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to The Finish Room with Moe Mokoff. Uh, that was WWF, October 19th, 1997 at the Campo Arena. Uh, live in your parents' house. And we'll see you next time.